1: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
2: Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. Hello, the Internet, and welcome to Season 286, Episode 3 of Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Wednesday, May 10th, mm-hmm. 2023. Oh, yeah. 2023. World, 2023.
0: World, Lupus World Lupus Day. World Lupus Day. National Lipid Day. National Third Shift Workers Day, National Shrimp Day, National School Nurse Day. Oh, shout out Mrs. Lee, the school nurse, who I'd always pretend I have a headache just so I could go there and then I could get like water or
2: juice. Just a little attention, little TLC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what the school nurse is for.
0: You know what I mean? They're kind of like, you're like, I don't want to do this right now. I think I hit my head. And then they would just give you a bag of ice and then yeah. you would just eat the ice bag. Yeah, that was
2: <laughs> me. To eat the ice bag.
0: Oh, yeah. You would, you would feign like an impact Even injury. The you're the like I need one. ice. No, 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 because the, I remember in the nurse's office, they had a big ice machine. So then they, if like when kids bump their heads and stuff, they would just take like a like a plastic bag, like baggie, give you a scoop of ice, and then you put that on your like boo-boo. But really, okay. when it was hot in the valley, I would do that and just eat like I would just let the bag melt and just eat the leftover water in yeah, the bag. Yeah. Anyway, shout out school nurses. And also uh, it's national clean up your room day.
2: Clean up your damn room, kid. Make your bed. Clean up your room. Were you a big, uh, clean up your room guy kind of (laughs) person? Like, like, was I told to clean up my room? Like, were you,
0: were you good at, were you a sloppy, sloppy baby? Big time
2: sloppy boy. Big time sloppy jalopy on this side of uh, uh, the cast. Yeah. And then I remain sloppy. Like it's a, it's a battle. For sure. Hey,
0: Parenthood has actually made me less sloppy. I gotta
2: yeah, say. Yeah, I mean it does by necessity, but right for sure. But I guess
0: when you're already like at extreme sloppiness, just going a few degrees back, you're still kind of in the sloppy category.
2: Yeah, for- I like to take my clothes off and just leave them where they lay, like where I, you know, took them off in my closet.
0: Oh, her Majesty calls it the clothes pile yeah. that I have by the bed because I can like just disrobe in a very efficient way, and then I'm like, I don't put my clothes away until the morning, and she's like. She calls it the clopa. It's getting out of control. (laughs) Clopa? Yeah.
2: Miles, your clopa's (laughs) getting out of hand, man. (laughs) Infantilizing (laughs) it even for me. Thank you. All right. Well, my name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray!
0: Hey, it's Miles Gray, who's enjoying what he's seeing from his L.A. Grakers. Yes. Really, really liking it. I'm just going to say it lightly. It's nice to see... Garvin Ham make adjustments that seem to be translating in the game. Shout out Lonnie Walker, the fourth,
2: oh, Lonnie Walker, it. the fourth, baby,
0: Lon, he Walker.
2: Yeah. The fourth, uh, just came in microwave oven. Can we, <laughs> we, can we give it to another? I mean, most of NBA fans today don't know about Vinnie Johnson being the microwave oven. Can we give that nickname to a new Yeah, Why not? A new player. Uh, yeah, but yeah, let's do that. He just stays
0: wet. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. He stays ready. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined by a rights activist, an award-winning podcast host and producer of the weekly podcast, Immigrantly, Yes, Sadia, Khan. Sadia Khan. What's up, Sadia? How are you?
3: Hello, both of you. I am really excited to be here. And um, I was just listening to your conversation back and forth, Panther, and I, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ooh. Okay. I like a compliment
2: to begin. It makes one of you, you know, uh,
3: (laughs) although I will say this, I did not get a few references because I did not grow up here. So a lot of stuff that you were talking about, at least some of it was a bit unknown, alien to me. But I still enjoyed it.
0: Okay, uh, what what can I what, what like what was it? Was it the school nurse thing to start off with?
3: No, the school nurse thing I could understand because I have kids. So I've had those conversations with my Uh, kids and my kids (laughs) have done that. Um, But in terms of, you know, LA Lakers, I'm not into sports, not at least American sports. I am a huge fan of cricket, which I grew up watching, which was a lot of fun. So yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Test cricket one day? Both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whenever enough people on the internet are talking about cricket, I I sometimes check out the highlights because it's like one of those sports that I actually have watched a lot of, but don't know the rules because like it's close enough to baseball where I'm like, Oh, I'm like, he hit that wicket though. I know that's good. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, hit for six. I'm like, yeah. Okay. I know all these other things, but yeah. Love, love cricket. Uh, Where are you coming to us from now?
3: New York. I like to think New York, but I am based, um, I live in suburbs of New York. Got it. Um, okay. I go to New, New York, York City a lot for recording and stuff, but today I'm recording from my home.
2: Love that. Okay. Love that. We'll allow it. You know, you can still <laughs> say you're you're from New York, big city of dreams.
3: Yeah. How long um, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> How long have you been in New York? 15 years. Okay. Nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Is it true that everything in New York is not always what it seems? Sorry, this is a reference to an old rap lyric. Rap song. <laughs> from a song that wasn't even like very popular, I'm sorry.
0: Well, it was on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. The Dog Pound is very popular in the West Coast. Yeah. So it, it is what it seems? Yeah. <laughs> Just to confirm.
2: <laughs> Important question.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, if you ask me, it reminds me of Lahore. I grew up in Lahore, which is a metropolitan city in Pakistan. And people are nice, but they are blunt and they... They are very honest about everything. So I feel like New Yorkers, I like that. Um, They don't pretend to be anybody else. And that's what I love about New York.
0: Is there like an inverse of like Lahore in Pakistan? Like is like in, in America, we'll say New Yorkers are not nice, but kind. And people that live in L.A. are nice, but not kind.
3: Oh, in Pakistan? no.
0: Okay. So is it, are, is everybody, is that kind of like just the general vibe? It's like, yeah, we're blunt, but at the end of the day, we're kind.
3: That's the general vibe. We are kind, but blunt.
2: Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we're talking about. Uh, Elon Musk is on some white supremacist shit, big time, <laughs> more overt than usual, I guess you yeah. could say on Twitter. Uh, so we're going to talk about Uh, His response to the Dallas Nazi uh, mass shooter and just generally his like he's retweeting a bunch of misleading racist bullshit. So we'll we'll go through some of some of his tweets and kind of tying into the Elon Musk story in a weird way. We're going to talk about TikTok's worst detective who is currently off the case, uh, but he claimed that there was this conspiracy of like a. Secret serial killer that was drowning drunk people walking home from bars. It's very strange. Anyways, all of that, plenty more. But first, Sadia, we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history?
3: So, I recently searched how to water indoor orchids. And the backstory is a friend of mine gave me orchid as a gift. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take care of this plant because Mm -hmm. I'm not big on taking care of plants. I've never done that in the past and I was really excited and I did not Google how to water it properly. So I just let it be and I was either watering it every day or watering it at night or watering Uh it with cold water. And I don't know what I was doing, but in the end, unfortunately, the plant died. And because yeah. of its untimely demise, I was just shocked. I was so sad. I, you know, the American in me was feeling so bad because, <laughs> you know, the, the usual joke about Americans um, taking care of or being more concerned about plants and animals than, than people humans who don't look like them. <laughs> yeah. Um, 100%. So anyways, I was really sad and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and buy an orchid. And I did that. And now I'm doing a whole Google search about how to take care of an orchid. And I've been doing that for a couple of days. And I hope, I'm really hoping and praying this orchid will not die on me.
2: Yeah. Mm. yeah. There are some orchid stores in LA that have my picture up Uh because I, I spent <laughs> ah. a number of years as an orchid serial killer. Like, I just could not keep those things alive for the life of me.
0: It's so funny. My mother loves orchids. So, I, like, I'll always get her orchids, like, for yeah. her, like, because she loves them. But she's also, like, you know, like, when the bloom, after the bloom, a lot of people are like, oh, it's dead. And, like, they'll just be like, I don't ah. know what to do with this. And my mom, she'll be like, give me that. Like, she's like, I will take them. And I will get, I will bring them back to bloom life. And she has, like, in her... Me. Yeah, yeah. In her like living room, she has like this window where she has like about maybe 10 orchids in different state of bloom that she just like always kind of takes care of. So I love hearing about orchids, like talking about orchids. But yeah, the watering is like super key because like, yeah, it's really easy and to I overwater. They bring,
3: they bring good luck. They bring good luck to you. Right. That's what, what, that, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah.
2: And we, need, we, need, we could use some of that. I feel like it's one of the higher difficulty. Like it's, you know, what, what you should do once you get really good at caring for other plants in my case, or what I should have done after <laughs> I got it. Yeah, that's the majors. And I just stepped right in and was like, don't, don't, ah, it's dead again. <laughs> this one too, that one. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but my wife liked orchids. So what was I going to do? You know?
0: Hey, just take care of them. They just need a little bit of light. Don't put them in direct sunlight, but make sure they get good light. And just give it a little bit of water. You want to clip the little new growth, uh, like closer to. There's like there's a few tips you can do, and with a little bit of patience, it's. I think that's one of the most satisfying things is watching like an orchid rebloom,
2: and you're mm. like, oh yeah, do your thing, orchid. I'd given you up for dead. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh? What's something you think is overrated?
3: The British monarchy.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. What? Not on this podcast. We are a monarchist. We are royal watchers. We, we love, love them.
0: King Chuck I.I.I. As we call him. ay. <laughs> the
3: interesting thing is, and I'm asking both of you this because I'm confused. Sure. As far as I know, America fought a bloody war mm-hmm. to separate itself from the British monarchy, but American media, American public is obsessed, obsessed. Yeah. And I don't get it. Why? Because honestly, I mean, monarchy is what racism on steroids and yeah. people are still so intrigued by it. Right. Why? why? You
2: just answered your own question. Racism <laughs> on steroids and yeah. out in the open <laughs> and with fancy stuff. America, America loves racism, uh, loves money and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and
0: loves, yeah. And loves like, just terribly concentrated power in the hands of a very interesting looking group of people. Yeah. But
2: billionaires. They love billionaires who didn't do shit to get their money um, and just pretending yeah. that they did. So it kind of yeah. fits, but yeah. I. Oh,
3: okay. Now it makes sense. It's all coming together. For me. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. And also
0: there's like just this romanticism. I think of like, just being like, Oh, like, like Americans feel like that's the fancy for like something I don't know I, I there's like an aspirational aspect to it I think too and yeah, like this weird way of feeling like it it's classy to think that the king like the monarchy is cool versus Joe Biden or something, right. uh, but yeah it's yeah. to each their own I mean I definitely I, I,
3: I mean when I think of them I think of I don't know looters untold, and thieves
0: yeah and yeah.
3: people who invaded the subcontinent and basically took everything away so i i have my colonial hangover i can't get over that
0: oh yeah no i think I most can't. most american people i mean i think who are like savvy when it comes to history are like yeah i mean like i mean if anything they taught us how to to be the empire we are today in the united states and we just uh, iterated on what we learned from the english i guess yeah. Uh, but yeah it's Do you think that's a good thing no
3: (laughs) i'm thinking is that a good thing
0: (laughs) not at all it's the worst fucking thing ever and i think it's only i look at we were saying yesterday when we looked at a picture of charles during the coronation i'm like if you could like assign uh like a human scream value to each jewel and piece of gold or fur that adorned his body how many screams worth of shit was he
2: wearing because it has to be in like the trillions that's what gives him the power though and I think, I think
0: like for me, that's when I look at those things, all I see is pain. Like, I'm like, this is, this is like you mind that gold or those emeralds or things like that. No, all this <laughs> shit's stolen. In fact, how many like former colonies are like, we want our shit back. Yeah. But we do. Yeah. Give
3: us our Kohenur back.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's still, is it still and, and like the a tower diamond. Diamond or something?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. He does make it all look a few clicks more ridiculous than any king that I've witnessed before. I haven't witnessed that many kings, but like he puts the lie to the whole thing and like just makes the monarchy look bad. So I will say, in that respect, I'm glad <laughs> that, that he's the king because he just <laughs> is like this pouty old <laughs> man who's just like, I want this my blasted
0: pen won't yeah. work, Camilla. <laughs> Like yes. okay. This blasted yeah. pen. Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, but I do see this narrative about good monarchs and bad monarchs. And I <laughs> yes. really don't buy it because anybody who's benefiting from the institution itself yeah. is, is part of perpetuating that, you know, harmful paradigm. Oh, sure. So I don't give a fuck if it's like a good monarch or bad monarch. They're all monarchs and they yeah. are benefiting from it. Yeah. I mean, Prince Harry, good for him. I mean, I do feel bad for him in some ways, but to be honest hot i don't feel bad for them either
0: he's doing all right he's got that monarch (laughs) guilt creeping in but yeah uh, you know it is it's like the same way of like you can't be a u.s president and not be a war criminal right you know what i mean and it's like at the end of the day we're like oh what about him like no also war criminal actually yeah Yeah. look (laughs) up look up what was done (laughs) under their command no one gets out of here scot-free
2: uh what is something you think is underrated sadia
3: non-European English accents.
2: Mm. Okay.
3: I see a lot of people, again, Americans obsessing over British accent and (laughs) French accent and German accents. But when it comes to non-European accents, they are pretty mean. So I would say they are underrated. Absolutely. I love my accent. I think it's so good. Um, So, yeah.
2: Yeah. As well you should. It's a great accent.
0: Yeah, th- th- it's, I think it's like so much of it, too, is like, again, there's like this thing of from media where they're like, oh, an English, a-. like Americans are so easily fooled by an English accent. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, like you could yeah. grift so hard on an English accent, like if you were just talking like American people, like there's a guy who I saw coaching youth soccer at a local park. I'm pretty sure this dude is not English because his acts like I watch a lot of English programming. I love the Premier League. I watch a lot of English media his accent sounds like an amer like he sounds like me fucking around pretending to be english and but i know this guy is charging parents through the fucking teeth to be like their footy coach and i'm mm-hmm. like i think this guy's got the grift man he's just out here doing a bit of like you know he watched a couple episodes of eastenders and now he's out there you know <laughs> grifting on that yeah
3: <laughs> you know what's interesting to me is that accents are not universal so there are multiple english accents yeah. as well Right. So it's not like just one English accent or one French accent or one. Somebody once asked me if my accent was Pakistani accent. And I was like, how do you define Pakistani accent? There are multiple accents within Pakistan, especially people who speak English, which, by the way, is our colonizer's language. And it's fine. I mean, I've learned it. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's like, how do you define a universal accent? People in America have so many different accents. Oh, yeah. New Yorkers, you know, people living in Long Island have a completely different accent. Yeah, got
0: that tri-state, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah, this obsession with accents, certain accents, and this hierarchy which exists really bothers me because it really impacts people in ways that a lot of people don't recognize. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, own your accents. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you are, wherever you are.
2: It's a way to center yourself. To just like, in a in a subtle way, just be like, I am the center of the universe. Because I'm everyone who normally. doesn't speak the way I do has an accent. And it's like, well, you can't hear your accent. You can't hear your parents' accent.
0: I can hear my accent, man. Now give me some water.
2: Water. Yeah. <laughs> give me some water,
0: Royce.
3: There are so many immigrants who are really traumatized by how people view their accents. And they are almost scared to speak up. Because it's like, oh my gosh, people don't understand me. Or they can't comprehend me. So... Yeah, something that people really don't think about when they are conversing with others.
0: Yeah, it's mm. weird. My my mom's from Japan, and she first immigrated to England when she was, like, 20 years old. So she learned to really speak English in England. So she has this, like, hybridized Japanese, like, quasi-English accent. And when she came to the U.S., people were so confounded by, like, how she spoke. They were like, what? are you from, Is what country is that? And she's like, I'm Japanese. <laughs> like, but your accent... <laughs> It's like well i just came from england it's like yeah but it's like as if there's like another shoe that has to drop because you can't (laughs) wrap your head around a human being just moving from place to place and picking up language skills in a way that isn't again like congruent to yours uh yeah i definitely feel too many
2: categories coming at my brain it's japanese but English. no
0: yeah how yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just I think it's it's for people who care enough. It's how they determine like how much someone is assimilated based right. on like their accent. And then yeah. yeah, if you have that kind of xenophobic worldview, then eh.
2: yeah, I
0: guess that's your terrible cross to bear.
2: All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back with some news. Is gang? Customers
0: are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it?
1: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
0: You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump,
2: And we're back. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of crimes that have happened in the past week. You know, Jordan Neely was murdered by a white man. And then a mass shooter who was an avowed Nazi with like Nazi tattoos, uh, went on a killing spree in Dallas. And the right has chosen to like greet this by saying that it's like unfair that we're talking about it when it happens.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, it's this, like this really terribly bad faith argument that they're saying, like the libs are reaching by saying the Dallas shooter was a Nazi. That's just, that's just what they say about everyone. That, oh my God. Everyone's a Nazi. That's just what they say about everyone. But like, sadly, even the most casual look at this person's social media would confirm that he was in fact a white supremacist, like Heil Hitlering neo-Nazi, and even made a post where he was explaining his own beliefs, despite his perceived ethnic identity. Because many people were like, There's no way someone with a Hispanic last name could be a white supremacist. What are you guys going on about? That's impossible. Mm-hmm. you have to be white to be a white supremacist. Um, and I just I'll throw some names out for people who are up on, you know, the Really gross figures on the right. How about Enrique Tario, the head of the Proud Boys? Okay. He's a Cuban American, but he's also a white supremacist. You also have Nick Fuentes, who's also has met up with Donald Trump many times and was courting Kanye West and just like the grossest parts of the internet white supremacist so just it does it does my head in okay as the english say because first of all whiteness is a fucking social construct that has shifted over centuries you know like you can even look at uh there was a thread from this professor i want uh kathleen balu who even pointed out like how much the race box on the u.s census has like shifted over time and how like it's not just white or whatever if you go back to 1910 it's just saying like Color or race was the box, it said. There were no Mm -hmm. other categories. Or even in 1890, it says whether white, black, mulatto, quadroon, octoroon. We don't use these terms at all anymore. Yeah, Chinese, Japanese, or Indian. And over time, these things shift. And so to this idea of like, because this person isn't a, like, I guess, you know, the Aryan type of variety of white person. is maybe what they're thinking has to, that's the standard to be a quote unquote white supremacist. They're completely missing the point. And I think because most Americans would most likely look at this through a like black or brown versus white lens, Um, whereas like places in South America have very different ideas of what whiteness is or who a person of color is. It's like, are the white people those that descend from the Iberians that colonized the land and the people of color, the indigenous? And that's how they began to, you know, separate like on those kinds of racial lines of class, et cetera. And again, you look in Texas and the Southwest in general, the United States, you have a lot of people who have last names that are Hispanic, who might not see themselves as people of color, and some might see themselves as just downright Nazis. So at the end of the day, the ide- the ideology kind of like in its current state isn't based on the purest sense of like Aryan supremacy that they're thinking of, of like uh, Hitler's master race kind of thing. But it's just a, it, it attracts people because it's a violent system of power that targets women, Jews, trans people, uh, Muslims, whoever, who is not outside of like the deemed hegemonic class or whatever. And, you know, the murderers post confirm all of this. Like he was aligned with all of these beliefs.
3: And his white supremacy is on full display um, through his tattoos. So I was like, (laughs) yeah, what the heck? Like you could tell that this guy is hardcore white supremacist. And you're absolutely right about This ideology being internalized by other races as well, especially in America, because it lends itself to approximation to whiteness and Mm -hmm. where you stand um, in this society. Because America is obsessed, obsessed with race.
2: Yeah. Right. But won't admit it to themselves. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, we're
0: past that. We're past that.
2: But it is wild to see because it's just that they are just telling on themselves that they think of race as a genetic like differentiator and not a social construct used to discriminate and economically exploit people like they are like, well, he has a last name. And because of the one drop rule that we all adopted after the Civil War, wait, we didn't all adopt that. That was just (laughs) me and the people in the back room where I make the decisions about the society. Um, Right. It's fucking wild.
0: To your point, Saudi about for all of those who are like, I don't know if he's a Nazi. He couldn't have more Nazi tattoos. If you'd even yes. tried, I guess he could have had Mein Kampf tatted in its entirety on his body. But right. SS bolts and a swastika. There's no, there's no ambiguity about it. And again, this is just their bad faith argument because they can't really argue anything on the merits because it's all about obscuring the existence of this, like the, The heavy hand of white supremacy that looms over everything in this country. It's like, no, no, that's not how it doesn't exist. So you were saying how this ideology even attracts people of other races and cultures. You know, he posted a meme that basically said like when you're Hispanic, like it's like a fork in the road. And on one side it says act black. And the other said, become a white supremacist. And that just kind of shows you what his entire mm-hmm. worldview is of what your perceived options are, if there is even such an idea of options for how you live your life. But that was his very specific worldview.
2: That was that was the shooter.
0: That was the shooter. Yeah. Oh, okay. who posted. That. I
2: actually couldn't tell if that was the shooter or Elon Musk. That's where we're at with <laughs> Elon Musk no. at this point.
0: No, truly. And I mean, he was also parroting the same thing. I was like, well, I'm much sh- like really yeah. like. But again, fine. Like this is this is why he bought the website to bring even more nonsense and misinformation to the masses and normalize that.
2: But it's really like getting to a point where it's systematic. He's doing it frequently, constantly, and just in the most bad faith ways possible.
3: Yeah. But what's worse is that a lot of people in America will buy into those narratives, whether coming from Republicans or Elon Musk. And that's, more problematic than anything else right why are people buying into it yet because they want to maintain their racial hierarchy it's as simple as that there's nothing Mm -hmm. else to it
2: right i mean it's
3: oversimplified but one of the major reasons why people are so hung up on these narratives and they don't want to let go is because they don't want to um give up on their racial hierarchy whatever form it takes
0: right right yeah because it's like well at least i have that you know, in a that, world, of, right? yeah, in a world of limited options. Well, at least I have my whiteness, and I can lord that over people, and still feel good about myself because I'm in the white head Christian group or whatever it is that's become very attractive to these people recently.
2: Yeah, one of the things that Elon Musk retweeted uh, was this meme tweeted by End Wokeness uh, at EndWokeness on Twitter. There was like a comparison of interracial violent crime incidents 2018, and the statistics from this are complete like they use a percentage and then like apply it to the population and it's all sorts of fucked up and we'll we'll oh, get like into d-
0: extrapolating like just based on like the demography to be like that's actually yeah. that's actually how overblown this is if you actually do the demographic
2: extrapolation yes but like we'll get into debunking in a second but it's just wild that we have the head of a major communication platform like openly doing straight up white supremacist like openly white supremacist shit it's like you know i think when he bought twitter we were like this is like if henry ford bought like a major newspaper but it's like you know henry ford was putting the protocols of the elders of zion in like the model t glove compartment when he was selling that like this is more insidious and just overt and damaging than that like the shit that he's doing the like this meme is obviously like reiterating the myth that the local news and Fox news, and even the supposedly centrist media uh, tell people every day that like using selection bias to tell people that more crimes are committed by black people on white people. And that like black on white crime is extremely common. And that like white people should be afraid of black people. And they do that usually through selection bias and this uses like some bullshit math and also just like a misunderstanding of the context of like what is a crime is a crime an objective <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> an objective thing that happens always and that there is some objective system for determining but like the big piece of missing context from this is that they've applied a percentage to the population and because white People are a larger part of the population. They just have a higher number. And people were pointing out, if you add white on white crime, it dwarfs everything else. It is by far the vast majority of crimes in the United States, but they have omitted that for very specific reasons.
3: This is a great example of how data is distorted to perpetuate a narrative that already exists. And what's worse is people will again buy this, buy into it, and it will resonate with people because it reinforces their ideas, whatever their preconceived notions are about certain racial identities and ethnicities. So it really reinforces what they already believe. And my question would be, how do we hold consumers of information accountable right so how do Mm -hmm. we become intentional consumers of information and and critical thinkers whatever is presented to us we don't have to really internalize it and how do we make that shift in American society rather than saying oh you know Elon Musk yes he is tweeting because he's an ass he's a racist um but why are we buying into it
2: Mm. yeah like I feel like I agree with that. I wish this was not as effective as it is and has been for years with the way that like you know local news from every network and then like national news from Fox News like are constantly beating this drum. Like I, I, I wish the people were kind of better consumers. I also feel like the Overton window on this has shifted and we have somebody who is like one of the most famous people in the world just openly spewing white supremacist lies and people are just kind of taking it for granted. Like there's not a conversation about like, it, should he be allowed well, to do this?
0: Also like the media that we'd count on to comment on this, they're com- completely unable to have this kind of nuanced conversation. We saw that yeah, you're right. time after time. Mm-hmm. We saw it in 2020. It's yeah. like, they just, they can't. Cause to them, it's not like he's not posting like a Sambo meme. Or like right. a mammy type shit, like black caricatures, so that doesn't register as quote unquote racist. And to this, it's like, oh, it's a, it's just a really, it's 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 an inaccurate statement, yeah. and not understanding. Again, this is why we have such trouble with even wrapping our heads around like <laughs> the concept of white supremacy because the media certainly doesn't know how to define it. They're just like, oh, I think it's when it's a Nazi. Yeah. It's not like it's not our like these these like these systems of power that exist within the country, and we can't. Because you seldom do you hear them talking about it in those terms, unless they bring on like a sociology professor or someone who's, and it's just for like three minutes, and they go, oh, wow, that was a very interesting point. All right, moving on. <laughs> Elon Musk's new car. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, that's, that's actually the conversation that needs to be had. So it's like a failure on multiple levels, I think. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And what does Elon Musk represent, right? Success,
2: mm-hmm.
3: capitalism in whatever form people want to see. So you're right going back to the point about how Americans view certain personalities and individuals and how much they believe in them because of what they've achieved again through their success or career trajectory. Um, it's difficult for people to question that, Right. that authority in a way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause we've seeded like, you know, we've, we deify these billionaires, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're, to the point where we have no ability to critically analyze how they got there, the context in which they became successful. Like no one talks about how Bill Gates dad was able to get him in front of a computer before any child basically in America. Right. But it's <laughs> like, man, he's such a genius. Like, no, his fucking dad. Like, uh, it's yeah. every, every person has this story. It's like, how did he do it? It's like, well, I don't know a fuck ton of money
2: from their family (laughs) and because of the way the american system is set up somebody is going to be that rich like somebody is going to be that rich and it is usually going to be the person with tons of advantages all along the way
0: yeah so i yeah i mean i think until like americans like in mass can understand that like all of this is a fucking illusion and it's merely bent to be this like really interesting carrot to dangle in front of people so they can kind of just like accept their lot in life and not really consider if there's more that can be done or we deserve better it's going to be very difficult because everyone can kind of have this thing of like oh my god i could be like elon with if i buy crypto and or fall into some other fucking predatory industry that promises this kind of like stratospheric upward social mobility Um, but at the end of the day, you're just falling prey to the exact same fucking grift, just in a new fucking, you know, new shiny coat.
2: Yeah. It's so dangerous because it ties directly into the, like one of the core American myths, which is that, that it is a meritocracy. Right. And so Mm -hmm. when this guy who is the richest person on earth is spreading shit like this, people have the implicit assumption. And I think the media ties into this a lot that this guy is smart. And what he's saying. Well, and this one has statistics, so it has to be, you know, good instead of just <laughs> it's statistics being used to lie. It, it just feels like we are frogs in a gradually boiling pot with this motherfucker. And the madness of what we are seeing from him is pretty shocking and is kind of just being excused at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's
0: it's kinda like the same thing even like Kanye West when he was saying all this anti-Semitic nonsense, like the reporting on it just sends it just sends it out further too yeah and there's going to be a lot of people going like oh what does elon musk mean with this thing or like the latest elon musk, and already you're already putting it in front of more people because of it and it's hard to like yeah, because really... we have this like we're all about outrage clicks in the media like and that helps engagement that like it's just it's it really is this like snake eating its own tail kind of thing where on one level, you'd have to be like, "No, we're not talking about this because this is nonsense. This is racist drivel. Like, right. this is a this is not even worth your time to even tell you. Like, well, we might as well r- report on every ignorant thing that every person says at that point. And just because of this person's place, we're like, well, let's let's treat it as something that should be talked about, even if we don't agree. And I think that already is a tremendous disservice because for every person who can see that and says, "This is fucking bullshit," like, what is this nonsense? There is going to be someone who's like. Well, hold on. I'm currently in a situation where like I argue with friends because of my limited worldview. And this helps reinforce that. Oh, now I have something to go deeper into and go further into. Yeah. And that's the that's the real danger. But this is how it's playing out pretty consistently. We see.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some other stories. Some TikTok crime fighters.
0: And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
4: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
2: And we're back. And uh, one of the most dramatic stories playing out on the internet this month involves a series of real murders and an amateur detective and a bunch of uh, pissed off people on TikTok. So, you know, this has been a thing like ever since Serial invented podcasting in 2014. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> this has been something the internet loves to do, but it's been especially prominent on TikTok lately. And TikTok is so clogged up with stories about real murders that one company started using the platform to sell $50 in case I go missing binders for people to put all their key, like you can put a hair sample, fingerprints, um, dental records, dental records, all in a binder that you then, I don't know, submit to this company that then sells it to credit card companies, I'm assuming.
0: (laughs) But it's... Like your own handwriting too? Like this is what a what a specific market that is. This is, is so though.
2: bizarre. So enter Ken Wax, Ken W A K S, a TikToker with more than a million followers who started posting videos about a series of allegedly unrelated deaths in Chicago. So officially the deceased men got drunk, fell into a nearby body of water, and accidentally drowned which is unfortunately a thing that happens a lot. Anytime there is a body of water near a place where people get drunk, which is everywhere. um, And (laughs) Chicago is kind of known for that sort of thing. A river runs through it. Yes. Um, So (laughs) he claims something's fishy here. Um, He claims to have been, quote, offered a ride by a stranger in an unmarked vehicle while walking around Chicago at night, multiple times. And his theory is that the person who offered him a ride or the people who offered him a ride multiple times are actually part of some like organization that kidnaps and drowns drunk men in their 20s and 30s for no reason that anybody can discern. And like the police are just like what the fuck are you talking about man this is like so and but he's you know re Raising these like tragic deaths in the lives of the families, you know, suddenly these families are like trending because of this horrible tragedy that happened to their you know brother or son like a year ago. And these videos have received millions of views, thousands of comments. He claimed that the police ignored him hmm, and even denied him an opportunity to speak at community meetings. And then he claimed to have cracked the case of nine drownings in Texas also alleging oh. that they were connected to the deaths in Chicago and also Pittsburgh, Wisconsin, and Minneapolis. Uh, perhaps the handiwork of a team of killers. Is he white? Oh, is he white?
0: <laughs> I'm just like, it's just the caucasity.
2: The caucasity
0: of, like, of this Yo, man. Oh man, you know how vulnerable we are, bros. They're coming it, for us. Like That's what's what so funny to me about fuck? this.
2: It ties into the, the last story we were talking about because it's, Like the safest, least targeted, least endangered group of humans in the U.S. Like 20 and 30 year old white men fantasizing that they're being systematically hunted down. And his evidence is people stopping to try to help him because he's staggering drunk in the street. Uh, And he's like all the U.S. ever does to white men in their 20s and 30s is like give them the benefit of the doubt. And people are like, hey, man, are you all right? You need a ride? Hey, you He's want to like, be in the Supreme
0: murderer. Court? Hey, you want to be in the Supreme Court? You want to be a senator? <laughs> yeah. No? All right, cool. All right, yeah, yeah, do your thing. Do your thing. All right.
2: Yeah, that's Check what it was.
3: You know, as you're talking about this, the sorry, the first thought that's coming to my mind is, oh my gosh, my teenager gets a lot of information from TikTok. And it's okay to get restaurant recommendations, yeah, but right. this crazy shit is dangerous, right? So how... Do we regulate it? We can't really regulate social media. Does it make sense to even think of regulation? Because I sometimes think about this and I worry that there is so much information out there, not just TikTok, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. Facebook, um, DOG in this. Yeah, but right. what do we do?
0: I mean, it, at the very least, it has to be better moderated, uh, you know, to, to, yeah. to be able to find those things. But again, it's like a slippery slope where you see things like where people who are like, talking about the cop city in in atlanta and like video like rightly information that should be shared with people about the police trying yeah. to build this like multi-million dollar complex and people are getting killed for trying to stop it or people are being put in prison for trying to obstruct the construction of this thing without any real due process like that stuff worth noticing but you do see that stuff get suppressed too so I, it, it is like what do you do but i think in terms of this This is like following in what's really dangerous is like all this vigilante shit that is happening right now. So many people feel empowered to fucking intervene or create such in Louisiana. A man shot a little girl in the back of her head because they were playing hide and seek and he thought people were like trying like he was going to get got. They were kids playing hide and seek and they some kids got onto his property. Yeah. And there's so many people who already just hopped up on this, like, cruel and unusual world shit that they mm-hmm. can't even, like, see children playing yeah. without putting it through this, like, lens of, like, oh, this is a threat to me because I, because I live in a world where everyone's out to get me. Spoiler alert, they're not.
2: They're not. Yeah. So this guy, Wax, who claimed everyone's out to get him and his other fellow 20 and 30-year-old white drunk men. um. <laughs> Like, started posting this shit about how, like, a private investigator showed up at my apartment and recruited me to be part of a secret team investigating the smiley face killers theory, oh which is another, like, internet conspiracy theory where people are found drowned in a river and, like, a smiley face is nearby and everyone thinks that it's, like, this killer as opposed to accidental drowning deaths, which are, you know, it's again, it's again, like, one of those sampling biases where people drown constantly and it doesn't make the News: The only thing that makes the news is violent crimes, and so people assume that anytime someone dies, that there's got to be more to the story. But he posted a video about his like this private investigator, and was like, "He's downstairs right now, feeding the meter." Uh, so I just like jumped on here real quick to talk to you guys. Oh, he's coming back in. I gotta go. <laughs> like, like clearly inventing this guy, and everyone was like, "Huh." So, people started to get suspicious at that point. And that skepticism was later rewarded when Wax started including what amounted to sponsored content in his videos, uh, which again are. Videos about real life tragedies, but he's part of a launch of an app for a social calendar startup company for which he was the chief marketing officer. And Holy all this bullshit shit. was just what? about promoting some dumb fucking app. The CEO of the app bragged about how good the murder videos were for their business and bragged that Wax' clever formula is highly reproducible in a post that was later deleted.
0: He said, best of all, this marketing strategy comes at no cost to the company.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I I knew capitalism would rear its ugly fucking head somehow. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, and it was a marketing. It was a fucking promo.
2: Yeah, it turns out it's an ingenious marketing trick to yell fire in a crowded theater because the amount of the attention share that you get when you uh, tell people that they're about to die, that their death is imminent, is amazing and uh what it's irresponsible no more on that later
0: how many people who don't know this are gonna ingest this shit and be like man if someone offers me a fucking ride when i'm drunk they're trying to murder me right
2: and you know and
0: now that open fucking carry. creep yeah yeah is out here just wandering the streets because there's enough of this just wacky ass content where someone is clearly fucking lying like the second is like yeah they asked me to join a secret Detectives Club, motherfucker, this ain't the inciting Incident in some thriller movie <laughs> The right. fuck you talking about? You're lying uh, And I feel bad That there are people who are Because there are so many people who are obsessed with the Tragedies that befall others That they get sucked into this and then Next thing you know, they're Violently threatening someone who maybe tried To be a good Samaritan, even if he was Offered a ride, I, mean, I doubt he was even offered a ride But right. again, I don't know how Kind Chicagoans are if you're stumbling drunk to, through the street, Zeitgang, let me know. Is that something where y'all would be like, hey, man, you need a ride? You good? Because I know in L.A., it ain't fucking happening.
2: Well, it might be happening if they're and they might be trying to rob him, which uh, is, okay, yeah, there is, is that. totally their Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were trying to uh, poison and drown him uh, like, like he assumed, because what the fuck is the point of that? Also, we actually don't have to imagine the psychological damage he did because one mother of a man who died in Chicago's Calumet River years ago reached out to him thinking he could help answer some questions that she had about her son's death. Oh and he just added her son to his database of possible victims, didn't bother to email her back. Then she paid him for a 15-minute Zoom meeting, uh, which he flaked on. He just like didn't show up. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, just like truly. That's brutal. Yes. Fucking piece of shit.
0: Wow, wow, wow. So, and he, what's, what's the next step for him? He, he's, he, announced he just a in a video
2: he's dropping the case, but just because of the controversy, he isn't admitting to being full of shit. Uh, he avowed that he was merely concerned about public safety and also has a personal connection to the case. Again, his personal connection is he claims uh, some guy tried to give him a ride two times and also, he issued this apology about like toying with the lives of people and making them dredge up and revisit like the deaths of loved ones. Uh, he did that with Pokemon dolls, Pokemon stuffies in the background, just like over his shoulder. Just very serious, very very serious man.
0: I can see the contrition in Pikachu's face. <laughs> yes, yeah. So in that sense, I, I I I do feel that. But again, like this is the hard part too, right? The the other side of the social media coin is it allows people with their mendacious and like spurious claims that they know are bullshit to go out there, chest out, try and get people into some kind of frenzy. And then also like when they're found out, just continue to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, and and it is what it is. And yeah, maybe I did re-traumatize this mother who tragically lost her son and I maybe grifted her for 30 bucks. I mean, that also like on some level that has to be criminal behavior you know what I mean? To be taking advantage of someone who's gone through this kind of horrible thing and even pretending like you could get to the bottom of it and like saying like, Oh yeah. And I'll take your money. If you want to talk about these cases, like, come on.
2: Yeah. I don't know. When we were talking about like, well, obviously you can't regulate social media. I I feel like you should be able to, I feel like we, we just, that (laughs) needs to be, if you want to create like a lot of good government jobs, try and make the internet like a regulated place where people can't do shit like this. It does feel like in a rational world, like 40 years from now, we'd look back on this and be like, man, that was really fucked up. And we've now learned our lesson. And now you can't openly right. grift people on, on social media and just get away with it.
0: Yeah. I, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's really hard. It's really hard to, like, think of how it all works. But I guess in a way, like, as a people, maybe we don't deserve social media. We can't have nice things. That could be used for nice things. But I think on some level, it incentivizes the worst parts of, like, our human character as well. And it, and, and it does it in a way that is be, just becomes attractive. Like, you look at all these people who just become, like, right-wing grifters. Like, people who are like, yeah, I was a failed comedian, but I know if I say a lot of, like, awful racist shit, I actually have another gig and I don't really have to believe it, but these people love it because it's social media and and it is what it is. And I'm benefiting from it. And I think that's the biggest part we're seeing with all of these accounts and, or just like these influencers rise up too, is that, you know, uh, it's hard to know like how you can use it for good or in a way or keep people from using it uh, that is just going to lead to just a bunch of pain.
3: Yeah. And what's sad and ironic is that what gets clicks and likes and views. Is deployment of trauma of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody else's trauma, but at the end of the day, it is how traumatic it is and how that is commodified. So um, that goes back to human psyche and human nature and how we look at things that don't impact us directly.
2: Right. Yeah. Also, because we live in a, a very lonely world, like all these things have sort of cordoned us off into our little capitalism cells where we do the most work and work as efficiently as possible and order our food to get here so we can, you know, have as much free time as well, you possible. Don't, cook
3: food? don't you don't cook food.
2: No, order. You gotta order and just have it left <laughs> at your front door. And then injected and so in your you body. Can get back to work. And no, but I mean they there's skyrocketing loneliness in our mm-hmm. society and I think worldwide. And these sorts of things, like, like you're saying, like packaging and distributing other people's trauma, I think preys on that. It's like, here's here's some human connection. Here's some human emotion that you can feel because, you know, we no longer have deep, enriching friendships or like community to build on. So you just get to watch TikToks of people trying to solve other people's murders that aren't actual murders.
0: Yeah. And it's that's even disingenuous yeah. to call some guy solving murders. Really, what you can be is duped into yeah. a really fucked up, cynical marketing campaign for some stupid fuck you app. Get yeah. out of
2: here. Yeah. Uh, well, Sadia, it's been such a pleasure having you on yeah. the show. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff?
3: You can follow my podcast Immigrantly at Immigrantly underscore pod on Twitter and Immigrantly pod on Instagram, and they can follow me on Twitter at S-W-K-K-H-A-N. And, yeah. and listen to Immigrantly, listen to Invisible Hate, which is another podcast that I am creating with Refillion Media, uh, and it's about ethical storytelling, and we highlight injustices against minority groups in America.
2: Amazing. And is there a work of media that you've been enjoying?
3: So I read a tweet yesterday which goes back to the conversation we were having about the british monarchy and i really want to share that because it it spoke to me and i i I am thinking it may speak to a lot of people who are listening to this so let me just share this and this is by sana saeed her handle is at sana s-a-n-a-s-a-e-e-d she's a journalist and her tweet is Camilla's necklace, worn by queens for coronation since Victoria, contains a 22.48 carat pendant called the Lahore diamond. It was stolen, among other jewels, relics, gold, when the British invaded and looted the Lahore fort in 1849. An empire of Jesus. thieves dressed like thieves. mm
2: mm-hmm.
3: And it really spoke to me, especially because it's Lahore diamond. I grew up in Lahore. It's personal.
0: Yeah. And is it one of those things, too, where people can see it, like where the like the monarchy can thumb their nose at the people who are like, that should be ours. Like, and you can see it here and pay to see your thing. okay?
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know about this particular necklace because she's wearing it. And if people go and just, you know, Google that Lahore diamond, they'll probably see Camilla wearing it. But I'm sure it's on display somewhere
2: right um, right right
3: people can probably check it out but that's that's the irony
2: right yeah all right, Miles, where can people find you? Is there a work of media you've been enjoying?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at miles of gray. You can check Jack and I out on our basketball podcast, miles and Jack got mad boosties. And also check me and Sophie Alexandra out on 420 day fiance, where we talk about our favorite, terrible trash reality show, 90 day fiance. Uh, and we also talk about love is blind actually in the most recent episodes tweets. I like, it's just been funny reading about the writer strike. Andrew T, uh, past guest, uh, and writer he's he quote tweeted this thing from wga west that's joe biden's quote he says "quote this is from the president quote i sincerely hope the writer's strike in hollywood gets resolved and the writers are given a fair deal they deserve as soon as possible andrew tweeted the first terrible omen of this strike this sounds great unless your memory goes back more than six months i'm scared to find out what joe biden believes is a fair deal i deserve yeah hearkening back to that uh when he broke that railroad strike. Uh, And also, it was just really interesting to see, there was, in Deadline, which is like one of these industry blog magazine type things, they wrote up this, like, union action, like, of labor. They called it, How a WGA Hit Squad is Shutting Down Hollywood One Shoot at a Time. And all they really are mentioning is that the writers are very savvy in where they picket because they know, like, unions, they're not going to cross picket lines. And they're just saying, like, oh, they found this shoot where Maya Rudolph was shooting a show in Beverly Hills and all it takes is two people to create a picket line. I think what is really interesting about this is it can happen outside of L.A. too. There's a lot of shoots that happen in Atlanta, in Georgia. There are other states that offer a lot of tax incentives where you will see productions happening. You can pick it. And Teamsters should not be crossing those lines or IATSE members. So they did do a solid in the end of it by talking to the people who were actually organizing these like very specific, like intentional picket lines, and they're saying, hopefully this inspires people, you know, in other places where production is happening, to also get involved, because that would be something as well. So, anyway, just good to see you know, at least the writers doing their thing. Uh, Unfortunately, they have to, because they're not getting their fair shake.
2: Yeah, Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple tweets I've been enjoying. The Onion tweeted uh, local brother-in-law heard you can make shitload of money doing that. Uh, (laughs) Just really resonated and then another onion tweet uh no one at laser tag prepared for how hard dad was going to bring it yeah yeah man I was talking
0: about you talking about that's you that's
2: right uh you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily where we post our episodes and our footnotes Footnote. we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode well, so it's a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what's the song you think people might enjoy?
0: Uh, this is from this California band called Goon. And there's like an interlude on it that I really, really love. Like, some you know how sometimes you hear a song, it's like only a minute and 15 seconds. And you're like, I wish that was a whole song. Well, this is like just a very beautiful instrumental little jam uh, from their album Hour of Green Everything. This track is called Pink and Orange from Goon. And it's like a very ethereal kind of synthesizer Kind of I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's just it's nice. It's light and it feels like I just I just really like the melody and how it sort of builds on itself. So check it out. Pink and
2: Orange by Goon. We will link off to that in the footnote. The footnote. daily Zeica is the production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's gonna do it for us this morning. Yep. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.